Welcome to The Prism Effect, a podcast with me, Larry Knoll, lead pastor of The Light in Kent. Just as prisms break light up into its spectral colors, I hope to help you discover the scripture's meaning for your life. Hope you're doing well today. It's, it's a kind of a dreary, rainy day, but that's okay. Rain, it waters the flowers, right? <laughs> so for the last two weeks, Larry has been talking about the miracles of Jesus. And it's part of a series right now, so I'm going to continue this series by delving into the healing miracles of Jesus, which was a huge part of his ministry. And as Christians, we know that Jesus went from city to city healing people, physically, mentally, um, and spiritually. There are at least 26 accounts of Jesus' healings in the Bible, which is a lot. And that's at least. There's a lot that wasn't recorded or that wasn't pointed out in the Bible as well. And Jesus didn't heal people just to simply heal them, although that's reason enough. (laughs) He healed them to teach essential truths to us in the process as well. So what can we learn by looking at Jesus' healing ministry? That's what we're going to talk about today. So the first thing that Jesus, the first reason that Jesus healed was to show that he was indeed Jesus, right? So often as humans, we don't see what's right in front of us. Jesus matched the prophecies that came before him, and even the most well-read scholars of that time didn't believe that he was Jesus, which is pretty crazy. (laughs) Um, In John 4, 48, Jesus says, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. And he said that sort of begrudgingly (laughs) to someone. And unfortunately, that is the case, because for many We are human and we see in the flesh. And some of us can lack the faith without those signs and wonders, unfortunately. (laughs) And place yourself in their shoes at that time, right? You're just going along your merry way on a regular day and you're just living your life and suddenly this random man comes into a synagogue and says like, hey, I'm your Messiah. I'm here to save you. I was sent here by God. You're like, uh, okay. (laughs) My own immediate reaction would be that he lost his marbles or he was trying to start a cult. (laughs) But God knows that we think that way. He knew that many of us wouldn't believe until Jesus showed, you know, those signs and wonders. In Matthew 7, 15 through 20, Jesus says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. So when Jesus came, some people believed that he was a false prophet. But Jesus matched the prophecies that came before him, and he produced good fruit. 
through his words and his healings and his miracles. And he said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So Jesus came and met us where we were at in our lack of faith and showed us who he was through his actions for those who had trouble believing. And in doing this, Jesus also shook things up because people had trouble believing that he was truly the Messiah. And so even after seeing his miracles and his good fruit, they were still blind and they hardened their hearts because they were just married to their old ways and they were just used to living the way that they were living. So not only did Jesus come down to show who he was, but he also came down to correct our way of thinking. He had to challenge the status quo and show them who God really was behind all of their pride and their legalism. <coughs> so there's a story about a man with a withered hand, and I'm going to go through that. So Mark 3, 1 through 6 says, And he entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. <laughs> So they were studying Jesus to see what he was going to do if he was going to go against his own word, right? And he said to the withered man, to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. And he said to them, meaning the people who accused him, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save a life or to kill? But they kept silent. And when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and immediately plotted with the Herodians against him how they might destroy him. That's pretty insane. <laughs> they saw Jesus heal this man, and they still were like, oh, well, that's not good enough. <laughs> you still did it on the Sabbath. <laughs> They were so enveloped in their customs that they had no compassion towards this man who'd been living with this infirmity for all his life, or however long, simply because it was the Sabbath. And Jesus used this healing miracle to show them that they needed to get their heads out of their texts for a moment and look at the needs right in front of them. And Christians and churches can get caught in this trap today. I personally work from home, so it's very easy for me to turn my blinders on to everything and just be in a bubble by myself. <laughs> um, it's, and even when you come to church, is e it's easy just to come, sit in a chair, and leave, and not interact with anyone or do anything extra, right? But God didn't save us so that we could sit in our own happy little bubble. He saved us so that we could go into a dark world and bring Jesus' light to others, which is also why we're called the Light in Kent Ministries, <laughs> because that's what we do. And in this instance, the leaders, instead of receiving the lesson that Jesus was teaching them, they plotted against him. So who were they truly doing their jobs for? They were religious leaders. Were they actually doing their jobs for God, or were they doing it for themselves and their own accomplishments? The church was pretty big in that day, you know? And so, like, were they just there so that they could have a high status in society instead of actually glorifying God? So we need to do, we need to daily question ourselves and ask ourselves, why are we doing what we do? 
are we doing this for ourselves? Are we doing this so that we can sit on a soapbox and lecture other people? Or are we doing this so that we can bring others to Christ and glorify him? And if Jesus hadn't been there, the priest would have completely overlooked this man and he would have lived with this infirmity for the rest of his life. But instead, Jesus chose to see that man where he was at and heal him and change his life forever. So when we see someone who's sick like that, we need to see them. And we need to do something about it. We are called to lay our hands on the sick. We're called to reach out to those people in need. Matthew 15, 30 through 31 says, Then great multiples came to him, having with them the lame, blind, mute, maimed, and many others. And they laid them down at Jesus' feet and healed them. So the multitude marveled when they saw the mute speaking, the maimed made whole, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. They marveled and glorified God. And this had to be such an amazing thing to see. All these people, you know, paralyzed, people who were, you know, sitting on the side of the road begging for money, all these people getting healed and having their lives changed by Jesus. Even seeing that and not personally experiencing that firsthand would change you. And because Jesus had the, the courage to stand against the status quo and the legalism of the Pharisees, multitudes of people had their lives changed forever, and the word of God spread like wildfire throughout that region, and honestly throughout the world and here today. So the man with the withered hand got more than a physical healing. He received a spiritual healing as well, and I'm sure an emotional healing. I'm sure that, you know, if he was in depression about that, I'm sure that brought a lot of joy into his life to be able to use that hand. So Jesus came to help us see from God's perspective and help us to correct our way of living so that he can meet our needs and the needs of the, needs of the people around us. And he came that we might find salvation and have a personal relationship with him like he intended before sin came to our lives and ruined it all. So that brings me to point three, that Jesus healed others to show God's character towards his people. In order to have a personal relationship with someone, you have to learn more about them and know who they are and their intentions towards you. And as I stated, up until this point in history, a relationship with God was largely ceremonial. You had to do, do things through priests and through rules and ceremonies. And it's not that those things aren't important, because God has rules in place for a reason, right? But he came to show us that he wanted a more intimate relationship with us, not just a set of rules that we have to abide by to get into heaven. And he showed us this through his healings, of course. Um, Mark 1, 40 through 45 talks about a leper who came to him in need of healing. And it says, Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and touched him, and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. And he strictly warned him and sent him away at once, and said to him, See that you say nothing to no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer your cleansing, those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. However, 
as he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city but was outside in deserted places, they came to him from every direction. (laughs) So leprosy is not pleasant. (laughs) If you don't already know what it is, it causes your skin to rot, it causes you to lose your hair, and basically for the rest of your life, your tissues start to deform and degrade, and it it deforms you, and it's highly contagious. And today there's a cure for that, thankfully, but in biblical times there was no cure. So when they found out that you had leprosy, you had to live in isolation away from your loved ones and your family immediately. You weren't allowed to be by anyone else except for other lepers. And if you went in a public area, you had to shout that you were unclean so that no one could come, you know, around your bubble. But when this man came to Jesus, Jesus was moved by compassion, and Jesus touched him. He touched a man with leprosy. I'm sure he hadn't been touched in years. Jesus was moved and had compassion for even the lowly, the isolated, the unclean that they may believe. And that's, that's God's character towards us, right? He loves us regardless of our status in society, whether we're sinful, whether we're perfect, which no one is. Um, <laughs> in your place, God loves you and has compassion for you. And he wants to be there for you. God is love. Jesus came to earth out of love. And Jesus did everything out of love for God and the people and God's people. So out of love, God wants to increase our faith. And that is my last point today. Um, Jesus healed to increase our faith in him and to bring people to God. So... In Luke, there's a woman with an issue of blood, and I'm going to talk about that a little bit. It's Luke 8, 43 through 48. And it says, Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press against you, and you say, Who touched me? (laughs) But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. And she declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Her faith made her well. And this happens time and time again in the Gospels. This is a pattern. Jesus says, do you believe? They say, yes, I believe. And he says, your faith made you well. And everywhere that Jesus went, those people that were healed, they proclaimed the glory of God. And their loved ones proclaimed the glory of God. And they brought it to their other places. And Jesus gives us the authority to do that as well through the Holy Spirit. So Mark 16, 14 through 20 says, Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved but he who does not believe will will be condemned. 
And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through their accompanying signs. So throughout Jesus' ministry, he healed countless people. Like I said, not only physically, but spiritually and emotionally as well. And he did all of these things that he charged his disciples to do after he came to heaven. So it's important for us to know that these things that Jesus did, they are alive and well today. So I want you to be encouraged and have faith that the miracles of Jesus are alive and well and can happen in your own lives, right? In Jesus' name, we can cast out demons, we can speak in new tongues, and we can lay on hands on people for healing, just like Jesus did. And maybe you say that if faith is all it takes, then why am I not healed? And that is a big question that I've had in my life. You know, why are there children who suffer and die from cancer? Why do undeserving people have to suffer? And many of you are already aware, because I bring it up quite frequently, (laughs) my dad was ill for 11 years. We had laid hands on him in faith, and we had prayed over him, and he was never healed. You know, he passed away. Pastor Larry, his own grandmother, she, she was ill. And she would be able to lay her hands on other people and have them be healed, but she herself was never healed. So why does that happen? Why is that the case? Well, first and foremost, it doesn't mean that God loves someone more than another. It doesn't mean that he forgot you or your loved one. But it does mean sometimes, in some cases, it could, it could be an issue of faith. <laughs> Maybe you don't believe that God can actually heal you. Or maybe it's a natural consequence of human actions, like neglecting your own health. If I eat hamburgers every day, you know, that's, that's going to load up in my arteries and it's not going to be good. <laughs> we have the free will to sabotage our own health, right? But other times, sometimes it's not God's plan to heal. Maybe it's God's plan to heal you in heaven. Because you do eventually get healed even if it's not on the earthly, on earth, Right? And it's difficult to understand why that extreme suffering happens, but God's ways are higher than our own, right? And God is not a tool for us to use and bend to our own will. But he does have our best interests at heart in a larger plan that we cannot see. I can tell you that, like, even though my dad wasn't healed while he was here, he was able to touch people that would not have been touched otherwise. And he had faith right up until the end. He knew that God was with him. God gave him the comfort and the strength to go through that, right? And there were many times that God had saved my dad in the past. God was like, it's not your time to die yet. (laughs) You know? And this happens quite frequently, but my, like I said, my dad had faith until the end. And if anything, the one regret that he had was that he hadn't reached others for Christ. And I think that's a pretty powerful statement. And I think that's a testament to how 
comforting God was to him in the days when he was ill. And so even if that healing doesn't happen for you while you're here, know that you are not alone and God is with you through it all. He is here to comfort you. He is here to give you the strength that you need to get through it. He is not going to give you anything that you can't handle. And he has a plan for it, even if we can't see it. So in the interest of faith, I encourage you in the midst of your suffering that to believe that God can heal you and to have that faith that God wants to heal you. And he has a purpose for the suffering that you're going through right now. And I know that very people in this very room have been healed by God. I know Mark has been healed of COVID. I hope it's okay if I say your name. Don, yes, <laughs> Donna was healed of cancer very recently. You know, God can do that in our lives. And if you haven't received that healing from God yet, I know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And know that he still desires to heal you. He still des desires to show you who he is. And he still desires to strengthen your faith and intimacy through with him through it all. So let's be encouraged and have faith in his ability. And let's be reminded of his compassion and love for us and his comfort for us. So I want everyone to close their eyes right now. And if you have a need for healing or you need strengthening in your faith, if you could please raise your hand as a gesture of faith. And I'm going to pray over you immediately right now that God will heal you. So, Lord, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for sending your son to save us and for the healing that you're going to provide in our lives, whether that healing is emotional, spiritual, whether you're going to strengthen our faith, whether it's an actual healing, God. They are coming to you in faith and believing that you will heal them. So please do your will in their lives and strengthen them and help them to lean on you with whatever the future holds. Please, God, help them to draw near to you. Strengthen their faith. Give them a re-energization. Give them what they need to get through what they're going through right now, God, whether that's depression, anxiety, cancer, autoimmune diseases, whatever that is, God, just place your hand on them, God, and heal them right now in the name of Jesus. I speak healing over them right now, Lord. Thank you so much for what you've done in our lives, what you're doing right now, and what you plan on doing in our lives. God, do your will above all else and help us to glorify you and live our lives for you instead of ourselves. Thank you, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. And if you could close your eyes one more time. Um, if, you need, if you have a need for salvation, if you could please raise your hands. I will pray for you. Uh, repeat after me as I pray this prayer. So, dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart. I trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In your name, 
Amen. So if you want additional prayer or anything, please feel free to come up after service. I know that Larry's going to say some closing thoughts, um, but we're happy to pray for you and talk with you, whatever that is. So. This was a struggle for her. I know this was to do this. Two reasons. One is she was not healthy this week herself. So here she is preaching about preparing, teaching about healing. And she was in need of a touch herself. And she preached through. She's not totally there yet. She's like me. I'm the same way today. We stand here not feeling the best. The other thing is, you know, Kelsey's dad was a great guy. And he, he went way too, anytime your dad goes, it's too soon. Anytime your mom goes, a loved one goes, it's too soon. But he's a young man. But what a great guy. I learned so much about him at his funeral that I didn't know. And I paid attention. I heard things the pastor said and. It was just amazing what I learned about his life and saw pictures. And he's a funny guy. He was, he was a blast. I just saw these crazy pictures of him and Kelsey and her siblings. The great thing is that no matter what we face in our life, God is there. And that sounds so trivial. That sounds so trite. That sounds so, you know, okay, Larry, thanks. Appreciate that. But listen, have you had friends and family that weren't there for you when you needed them? At the time you needed them to step up to the plate the most, some of your best friends have let, let you down, haven't they? They just weren't there for you for whatever reason. Family. Zip. And I love the fact, here's what I love about God and my relationship with him is he said he would never leave me or forsake me. And I'm hearing that through this message today, Kelsey. I'm hearing that. We serve a healer. We serve a wonder-working God who's all-powerful. I've seen him. I've seen him do things, guys. I've seen him heal people in unbelievable ways. I've seen him meet needs in people's lives. So I know I don't have to make ever make an excuse for God. But I also can trust him when it doesn't work out the way that I dreamed. The way and such wisdom. You see, you don't get wisdom like what she said today until you go through this stuff. And then you can help other people. People that just have the simple answers for life, I wouldn't listen to them. There are no simple answers. But I know one thing. I know who holds tomorrow, okay? So no matter what happens today, what I'm facing today, I know who holds tomorrow. So I don't have to add anything to what Kelsey said. It was perfect. It's just perfect. 
because it's coming out of her life, her experience, guys. And I believe that prayer of faith that she prayed with some of you, you're going to come back next week and you're going, guess what? I was healed. We may get a message in from YouTube or Facebook that says, hey, I want you to know that lady that preached, she prayed with me. I was healed because of that. I believe that. There's just I believe in what God can do. But what about what about when we hit that spot? I'm going to read something to you. What happens when we hit that spot in our life and it doesn't work out just how we dreamed? And I told Kelsey I was listening to a CD this morning and unbelievably Cutlass came up. I love Cutlass. It's a great group. And this song came up and just hit me like so hard. Listen to what it says. Sometimes all we have to do, sometimes all we have to hold on to is what we know is true of who you are. Who is God, right? What do we know about him? So the words say, so when the heartache hits like a hurricane, that could never change who you are. This is such a good song. And we trust in who you are. So my experience doesn't change who God is. And listen to these words. Even if the healing doesn't come and life falls apart and dreams are still undone, you are God, you are good. Forever faithful one, even if the healing, even if the healing doesn't come. You might want to look that one up on Spotify, even if the healing doesn't come. If you're going through something today, she said this, God has the strength, the wisdom, the grace for you to get through this. It may be a long-haul situation, but he will be there for you because that's who he is. How many know that's true in your own life? He was there all the time for you. He was there all the time. I'm going to say something. He was there even if you didn't know he was there. He's there even if you didn't feel like he was there. He's there even if you don't see him working. He's working. So thank you. Thank you for that. I think Sherry's got a wonderful song. Whatever it is. Why don't you lead that song for us today, Sherry, and let's close out the service in time of worship. Thank you for joining us today. The original version of this message can be found on our website at thelightingkent.com. For more information, you can also reach out to us at info at thelightingkent.com or message us on Facebook.